When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wait a minute, this sounds like rock and or roll. Hello, welcome to Rock and or Roll. I'm your reluctant host, BJ. So the last episode featured an interview with Jimmy O'Neill from Fingerprints and the Silencers. I hope you enjoyed it. I definitely need to work on my interviewing skills, but Jimmy had a great story to tell, and I, for one, found it fascinating, so I hope you liked it. At one point in the interview, Jimmy and I discussed pub rock, P-U-B, pub rock, which was a genre of music that developed in the early to mid-70s in the UK, especially in London. And so that part of the conversation with Jimmy O'Neill gave me the idea for today's episode, which was to focus on the pub rock movement that was happening in the early to mid-70s, like I said, especially in London. It was a back-to-basics sort of movement, sort of a, I guess, a reaction to some of the excesses of progressive rock and eventually... Pub rock and glam rock sort of started at the same time, and then they were sort of opposite ends of a certain spectrum, I suppose. I mean, glam rock actually takes its name, the genre takes its name from how the members of the bands looked, what they wore, their image. Pub rock, the idea was, I suppose, to not, not to care. What they wore didn't matter, they just wore street clothes most of the time, and they didn't... The image of pub rock was sort of the anti-image, sort of the same thing that happened with grunge coming on the heels of the whole glam metal thing in the 80s. It's sort of a similar vibe, I suppose, between pub rock and glam rock. Pub rock was primarily a live phenomenon. It's one of those things where a lot of the bands felt like they didn't actually capture their live feel on the records. The you know the the genre takes its name from the pubs, the bars, and the clubs that the bands played in. That's where the movement thrived was in the pubs on stage. It was the the movement was heavily influenced. Lots of rhythm and blues and funk and soul and country rock, especially, was a huge influence. There were there are three bands especially that you can hear a heavy influence from in the pub rock movement, which would be. The Birds, especially the late period Birds, the country rock sound. You know, the Birds had already incorporated a country rock sound pretty heavily on Notorious Bird Brothers, that album, before Graham Parsons joined. And then Graham Parsons joins in February 68. And they made the classic Sweetheart of the Rodeo album, which was pretty much ignored at the time. And it was the least successful of all of the Birds records at the time. But of course, it's a legendary album now. And Graham Parsons was actually out of the band by the time the record was even released. But there are two songs on the record that were written by Graham Parsons, and the best of which is 
a song called 100 Years From Now. So that's one influence you'll hear heavily in pub rock is that country rock sound that the Birds developed in the late 60s. Another band that had a very similar sound was the Grateful Dead. And you'll hear a lot of Grateful Dead influence in pub rock too. Grateful Dead formed in 65 as the Warlocks. And they fused a lot of elements of a lot of different musical genres like folk, reggae, country. There's even jazz and a lot of R&B in there. The Dead released two albums in 1970, which, in my opinion, those are the two albums by the the Grateful Dead that I like a lot. Their best work, as far as I'm concerned, Working Man's Dead and American Beauty, both came out in 1970. In the timbers up in Mario, the walls are running round. Winter was so hard and cold, froze ten feet beneath the ground. Don't murder me, I beg of you, don't murder me. Please don't murder me. So there's a lot of that Birds, Grateful Dead inspired country rock sound in pub rock, but when you listen to, to a lot of pub rock bands, there's one band that is uh, it's obvious that they were hugely influential on the movement, and that's a band called The Band. They formed in Toronto. They were originally the backing band for a rockabilly singer named Ronnie Hawkins. They called themselves the Hawks. They became Bob Dylan's backing band for his tours in 65, 66. They recorded the legendary basement tapes with Dylan in 67. They officially became The Band in 1968 in their first album, Music from Big Pink, was released that year. I'm going to play a song from their third album from 1970 called Stage Fright, which is a song that when you listen to a song like this by the band and then you listen to pub rock, this you can just hear it in the music. So here, this song called Time to Kill.
So what you hear in the band's music is what you hear in pub rock, the all the various influences from jazz, blues, folk, country, all the roots stuff, rootsy stuff, but it's rock and roll. So one of the first and most important and one of my favorite of the pub rock bands is a band called Brinsley Schwartz. They formed as Kippington Lodge in 1967. They renamed themselves after their guitarist, Brinsley Schwartz, in 69. Dave Robinson, who would go on to, to start Stiff Records, he became their manager. Their first album came out in April of 1970, and it's mostly it's very country rock, as is their second album, 1970s Despite It All. Schwartz was made up of Nick Lowe, Brinsley Schwartz, Billy Rankin, Bob Andrews, and Ian Gom. Their third album, Silver Pistol, which came out in February of 1972, is probably their strongest record all the way through. three Brinsley Schwartz albums are predominantly country rock, but by their fourth album, Nervous on the Road, which came out in 1973, by which time the, the pub rock movement was really exploding in the pubs in London, they began to incorporate a lot more of an R&B feel to their music. Now there's one thing 
last Brinsley Schwartz album, The New Favorites, came out in 1974. The first song was later covered to much acclaim by Elvis Costello. Another pivotal band in the pub rock movement was an American band called Eggs Over Easy. They formed in New York in 1969, moved to London, and were an integral part of the pub rock scene in London in the early 70s. Their album Good and Cheap came out on A&M in 1972. Well, he was. 
the members of Bees Make Honey were actually inspired by Eggs Over Easy to form the band in 1971 when they saw Eggs Over Easy. The, the Eggs Over Easy had a residency at a, at a pub called the Tally Ho. The Tally Ho was one of the... There, were, there were, was a network of pubs that were really important to the pub rock scene, like the Tally Ho and the Hope and Anchor and, and the Nashville. Bees Make Honey, the members, some of the members of Bees Make Honey were in a jazz band that used to play at the Tally Ho, and they saw Eggs Over Easy perform, and they were inspired to put together their own band in a similar vein, and they signed with EMI, and they released an album in 1972 called Music Every Night. It's a great record. Frankie Miller was a Scottish singer-songwriter. He was in a band called The Stoics. In 1971, he moved to London, formed a short-lived band with Robin Trower called Jude. They broke up before they ever even had a record or anything, and he signed a solo deal. His first album, Once in a Blue Moon, was produced by Dave Robinson, who I mentioned before managed Brinsley Schwartz. Later, he'll he'll start Stiff Records. And Brinsley Schwartz actually were Frankie Miller's backing band on the record. 
Graham was an Irish artist. He was in a band called Air Apparent, E-I-R-E. They formed in 1968. They were managed by Chaz Chandler, who managed Jimi Hendrix and would go on to manage Slade later on. Air Apparent actually toured with Hendrix and with Pink Floyd. Then Ernie Graham moved to London, put out a self-titled solo album in 1971. Ernie Graham only had that one solo album, and then he joined a band called Help Yourself. They put out a few records in the early 70s. After leaving Help Yourself, Ernie Graham formed another band called Clancy. They signed with Warner Brothers and released a record in 1974 called Seriously Speaking. Yeah, I wanna see it. Yeah, when the nights are 
probably the figureheads of the pub rock movement were the Essex-based band called Dr. Feelgood. They formed in 1971. Wilco Johnson was a guitar player. Singer was named Lee Brillo. John Sparks on bass and their drummer John Martin went by the big figure. They were a legendary explosive live band. It's the same old story where they never felt like they really captured the sound and feel of the band on record. Their first album didn't come out until 1975. It was called Down by the Jetty. Dr. Feelgood released several more albums, including their second album, Malpractice, which also came out in 1975. So on the last episode when I talked to Jimmy O'Neill, he mentioned Dr. Feelgood as his one of his two favorite bands of the pub rock era. The other band he mentioned was Kilburn and the High Roads, a band that formed in 1971. Their frontman was Ian Dury, who would find more fame later on with Stiff Records, which is with his group Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Kilburn and the High Roads released a single in 1974 called Rough Kids. Rough kids play rough games and kick tin cans. Leave their feet out in the eye. Rough kids are bother and make nuisance. Rough kids, movie 
Kilburn and the High Roads released an album in 1975 called Handsome. My favorite song, though, actually is a bonus track on the CD reissue of the record called 20 Tiny Fingers. Ducks Deluxe were a band formed in 1972 by Martin Belmont, who had worked with Brinsley Schwartz, and also featured Sean Tyler and Nick Garvey, who will show up again in our story later, both of them. They released two singles in 1973, Coast to Coast and Please, Please, Please. Deluxe released two albums in 1974 and 1975. The first album, self-titled record in 74, featured the band's third single and my favorite song by them, a song called Fireball. Oh 
Dave Edmonds was in a few bands in the 60s, including Love Sculpture, who had a top 10 hit with Sabre Dance. His first solo single, I Hear You Knockin', actually went to number one. And his first solo album, Rock Pile, came out in 1972. He had a steady stream of solo albums after that, including an album in 1977 called Get It, which featured this song written by Nick Lowe. Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. The Flame and Groovies are a pretty well-known American band. They formed in the 60s, started out as a very bluesy garage band, psychedelic at times. When Roy Loney left the group in 1971 and was replaced by Chris Wilson, guitarist Cyril Jordan kind of took the reins. They went in a very birdsy, power-pop direction. Their 1976 album, Shake Some Action, was recorded in England and produced by Dave Edmonds. So they were over there in the mid-70s, and they played a pretty big role in the pub rock movement.
Deke Leonard was the original singer for Man, a proggy psychedelic band that formed in 1968. He left Man after two albums and in 1973 jumped into the pub rock movement, releasing an album called Iceberg. were formed by Canadian-born Londonite Philip Rambo. They became Brian Eno's backing band for his Here Come, Come the Warm Jets tour. That was Brian Eno's first and only solo tour with a rock band. And the, the tour only lasted five shows before Brian Eno was hospitalized for a collapsed lung. The Winkies uh, recorded and released a self-titled album in 1975, which was produced by Guy Stevens. Chili Willie and the Red Hot Peppers were a very country-influenced band. They formed in 1971 and released two albums, Kings of the Robot Rhythm in 1972 and Bongos Over Bellham in 1974.
There was a lot of funk and R&B influence in pub rock, none more prevalent than in the band Rugulator, which was formed by an American guitar player named Danny Adler. Ah, yeah. In my bed, the day's no longer young, and I've got such a dry tongue. Can it get much hotter? All I want is just a little water. water. I'd rather my feet hit the floor. My clothes on in seconds, but I was headed for the door. The sun was shining bright, and I waited all night for just a little water. The Cursal Flyers formed in 1973. The singer was Paul Shuttleworth. Guitar player's name was Graham Douglas, and on drums was Will Birch. Their first album, Chocks Away, came out in The Cursal Flyers had a top 20 hit with a song off their third album. The record was called The Golden Mile. It came out in 1976. The hit song was called Little Does She Know.
So guitar player Graham Douglas left the Curse of Flyers. He went on to join Eddie and the Hot Rods, a band we'll talk about later. He was replaced by John Wicks. So John Wicks and Cursal's drummer Will Birch, they would go on to form the records and be a major player in the power pop movement later on. The Curse of Flyers changed a lot over the course of their short career, and they released two singles in 1977. One was a power pop single, and one was basically a punk rock single. By the time of that last single, they were just calling themselves the Cursals. So that single by the Cursals, which was the shortened name of the Cursal Flyers, 1977 single, Television Generation, very close to punk rock, but very power poppy as well. And you can very clearly on the chorus of the song, you can hear John Wicks, who would become the singer of the records in, in a year's time. So now we've arrived at the point where pub rock transitions to punk rock and new wave. But I've got one more band to play for you before we get into the, the punk transition. It's a band called Starry-Eyed and Laughing. They formed in 1973 and released two records on CBS in the mid-70s. The band is more well-known among the power-pop nerd population, but they were right there, part of the pub rock scene. This is a song from the band's first self-titled album, which came out in 1974. Just 
The band shortened their name to just Starry Eyed and released two singles in 1976, which were produced by Flo and Eddie, including this song, Saturday. So now we're getting to the point where the punk rock scene sort of overtakes the pub rock scene. I mentioned earlier that Graham Douglas from the Curse of Flyers joined Eddie and the Hot Rods. He joined that band in time for their second album, Life on the Line. Eddie and the Hot Rods' first album, which came out in 1976, was called Teenage Depression. The second Eddie and the Hot Rods album, Life on the Line with Graham Douglas, featured a power pop classic song you might have heard before called Do Anything You Want to Do, but the whole record is great. That album came out in 1977. Eddie and the Hot Rods released one more album with Graham Douglas in 1979 called Thriller. This was three years before the Michael Jackson album came out, of course. That's a great record as well. Sort of a power pop slash punk rock album. Highly recommended. Another band that was sort of a precursor to punk rock was a band called the 101ers. They formed in 1974. The singer of the 101ers was John Woody Malore 
who eventually showed up at practice one day insisting that everyone call him Joe Strummer. Chiswick released a single by the 101ers in 1976 called Keys to Your Heart. By, by that time, the clash had already formed and the 101ers were no more, but it's a great song. Another band that sort of straddled the line between pub rock and punk rock was a band called The Stranglers. They formed in 1974 as the Guildford Stranglers, shifted in a more punk rock direction in about 76 when everything was going that way. Their first album came out in 1977. Vibrators are another band that formed right on the cusp of punk rock, sort of straddled the line early on between pub rock and punk rock. Their first single came out in 1976. It's called We Vibrate, and it's sort of one of those in-between songs as pub rock transitioned to punk rock. Vibrate, vibrate together, vibrate, 
So at this point, pub rock is overtaken by punk rock. But pub rock really laid the foundation for punk, the punk rock scene to explode in the late 70s there. A lot of the clubs like the Hope and Anchor that were home base for the pub rock movement became a big part of the punk rock explosion. And the Sex Pistols opened for both Eddie and the Hot Rods and the 101ers in 1976. And then, of course, Joe Strummer leaves the 101ers and the Clash forms in 1976. Also in 1976, we see the inception of Stiff Records, which was a record label started by Dave Robinson and Jake Riviera. Dave Robinson had managed Brinsley Schwartz. Jake Riviera had managed Dr. Feelgood. Both were heavily involved in the pub rock scene. They produced bands as well. They started Stiff Records with a loan from Lee Brillo, the lead singer of Dr. Feelgood. And the first release on Stiff Records was a single by Nick Lowe from Brinsley Schwartz. came out in August of 1976. So It Goes was on the A-side, and the B-side was a song called Heart of the City. So if we're going to talk about pub rock, we have to talk about Graham Parker and The Rumor. That band takes off at the tail end of the pub rock movement. The Rumor, Graham Parker's backup band, actually features Martin Belmont, who worked with Brinsley Schwartz and started Ducks Deluxe, and then two members of Brinsley Schwartz, Brinsley Schwartz himself and Bob Andrews. Graham Parker and The Rumor's first two albums both came out in 1976, Howlin' Wind and Heat Treatment.
So you can really see both punk rock and new wave branching off from the pub rock movement. Stiff Records, of course, took off in the late 70s with artists like Ian Dury, who was in Kilburn and the High Roads, and Reckless Eric, and a lot of other people. Stiff Records is credited with releasing the very first punk rock single in 1976 by The Damned, New Rose, and then The Damned's full-length album, Damn, Damn, Damned, came out in February of 1977. The Clash's first album came out in April of 77, and then Nevermind the Bollocks comes out in October of 1977. But in between there, in July of 1977, Stiff Records released an album called My Aim is True by a singer-songwriter named Elvis Costello. Once upon a time I had a little money Government burglars took it long Before I could mail it to you But you are the only one Now I can't let it slip away So if a man with the ticker tape Tries to take it This is what I'm gonna say Blame it on King Elvis Costello's backing band on that first album, this was before he had formed The Attractions, and the backing band on My Aim Is True was a California band called Clover, who had been living in London and were part of the pub rock scene. That band featured Huey Lewis, who of course would go on to find tremendous success and fame in the United States, especially in the 80s. Clover released two albums on Fantasy Records in 1970 and 71, And then they went a long time between albums, but in 1977, the same year as My Aim is True, Clover put out a record on Mercury Records called Love on the Wire. So punk rock's reign is actually pretty short-lived, and it gives way to the genre of new wave, which incorporated elements of all kinds of different stuff. Punk, punk rock was a big part of new wave, but a lot of the former pub rock guys 
sort of transitioned into a, into new wave type of material, which wasn't that far removed from the stuff they were doing in the pub rock, pub rock era. For example, Sean Tyler, who was in Ducks Deluxe, formed a band called Tyler Gang, and they signed with Berserkly Records out of California, which was sort of the American version of Stiff Records, really. And Berserkly released an album by the Tyler Gang in 1978 called Yachtless. Nick Garvey, from, also from Ducks Deluxe, went on to form a band called The Motors. Their first album came out in 1977, featured a song called Dancing the Night Away, later covered by Cheap Trick.
Philip Rambo, who was the lead singer in the Winkies, also put out a couple of really good solo albums in the new wave vein in 79 and 81 called Shooting Gallery and Jungle Law. So then as we move into the 80s, guys like Elvis Costello, Nick Lowe, Graham Parker put out a lot of records, have a lot of success, and take the basically the pub rock sound into the 80s. It's pretty clear if you look at the history of it that pub rock really laid the foundation for and inspired in a lot of ways the punk rock movement, which then spawned the new wave movement. There was a lot of variety there in the pub rock bands, but that was kind of the point. But you can really see how punk rock grew out of the pub rock movement. Although I would also argue that glam rock definitely played a role in the development of both punk punk rock and then eventually the new wave of British heavy metal, which we'll get to eventually on a future episode. But I guess that's it for the pub rock episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Go to the blog rockandorrollpodcast.blogspot.com. There's a link there to the Facebook page and the iTunes, so you can subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment, rating on iTunes. Um, Also, the email address is on the blog, rockandorrollpodcast at gmail.com. So send me an email, go to the blog, and uh, go to the Facebook page, like the Facebook page. You can comment on the blog, you can comment at the Facebook page, you can comment on iTunes, and everything is there at the blog. If you Google Rock and or Roll Podcast, you should also find 
the blog or iTunes or the Facebook page. It would be nice to hear from you, get an idea of who's listening, and any feedback would be appreciated. So send me an email. That would be the best way. Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the email address. All right, so to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. I'm going to leave you with a song that was written by Nick Lowe. It was recorded in 1974 by Brinsley Schwartz for their last album, which was never released. It did come out in bootleg form for a short while called It's, o- it's All Over Now. So there was a last uh, there was an album that Brinsley Schwartz were working on after the new favorites of Brinsley Schwartz that never came to fruition, but it was going to include this song written by Nick Lowe, recorded in 1974. Till next time. Oh, I can't take another heartache Oh, you say you're my friend But I am at my wit's end You say your love is bona fide But that don't coincide With the things that you do When I ask you to be nice You say you've got to be to be kind in the right measure Cruel to be kind is a very good sign Cruel to be kind means that I love you, baby You gotta be cruel to be kind Whoa. Well, I do my best to understand, dear But you still must defy And I wanna know Myself up off the ground to have you knock me back down again and again when I ask you to explain. You say you gotta be cool to be kind in the right measure. Cool to be kind is a very good sign. Cool to be kind means that I love you, baby. You gotta be cruel to be kind. And you know what, baby? Why you're too cruel Well, I do my best to understand it But you still must defy And I want to know why I'm picking myself up off the ground I have you knock me back down Again and again But you said you gotta be cool to be kind in the right measure. Cool to be kind is a very good sign. Cool to be kind means that I love you, baby. You gotta be cruel to be kind. Oh, in the right measure. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.